Hey ladies, the Beautiful Movement now has their summer box available for pre-sale. This means that you have the chance to sign up before these boxes sell out again. If you have not had the opportunity to get one of these boxes, grab your box today. These boxes are becoming so popular, they're actually selling out. The theme in this box is Walking with Jesus, a box that will help you grow deeper with God this summer. It's the perfect summer starter kit that you don't want to miss. Head on over to www.jointhebeautifulmovement.com to sign up today. Be sure to use the discount code UNCOMMONTEEN, all one word, for 15% off your first box. You can also follow The Beautiful Movement on Instagram at the underscore beautiful underscore movement. Ladies, you don't want to miss this. Welcome to the Uncommon Teen Podcast, the podcast for Christian teen girls. Each week we talk about real life issues that you're facing and how to overcome them in a way that stays true to who God created you to be. I'm your host, Jamie Kirshner, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. It's a question that's been asked for so many years by so many people. If God is good, why do bad things happen? It's a great question and a question I want to answer for you all today because it's a question that has been asked for so many years, like I said, by so many people. And I hear well-meaning people answer this question with things like, well, you never know, God works in mysterious ways. And we see in Ephesians that God has actually revealed those mysteries to us. So does he really work in mysterious ways? I've also heard those same people use verses from Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9, where they say, and this is God speaking, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so they come up with this idea that, you know, God's thoughts are bigger than ours. We can't know what God's thinking. God allowed this thing to happen because there's a bigger picture in mind and he had to do this in order to place us in the right place later on in life. I don't know. They come up with all kinds of different answers. But even in using the verses in Isaiah 55, they didn't read those verses in context. Because if you read those verses in context, this is what it says. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So my word shall be that goes out of my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Did you hear that? God wants you to go forth in joy, and he wants you to be led forth in peace. So if that's the case, and God is a good God, then why do bad things happen? Well, there's a couple of reasons why bad things do happen. But before we get into that, I want to talk about what the Bible says about God and how good he is. 1 Chronicles 16.34 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. Psalm 145.9 says, The Lord is good to all, and His mercy is over all He has made. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variation or shadow of shifting. God doesn't change. He's always good. So if God's always good, then why do bad things 
happen? Why is there so much evil and brokenness in the world? Why is there so much confusion and anxiety and stress and chaos? How could a good God allow these things to happen? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. There are several different reasons why we see these things happening in the world today. And so we're going to go back to Genesis chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 15 through 17. And this is where it all really began. It says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. Now, this is talking about Adam, the very first human that lived on this earth. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree in the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. And so he's saying, Adam, there are so many trees out here that you can eat from. They bear good fruit, but this one tree... I don't want you to eat from it because it locks in your future forever. If you eat of this tree, it will lock in the nature of sin forever. And so, you know, when we think of the Garden of Eden, we think of a small little garden where the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was a tree that Adam just stared at all the time. Like it was in the middle of the garden. You could see it every day. You walked by it. It was so tempting. But did you know the Garden of Eden was actually massive? It was literally 200 miles long and 150 miles wide. Just one side of that rectangle would have been like driving from Nashville, Tennessee to Birmingham, Alabama. And according to Google Maps, because, you know, back in Adam's day, they didn't have cars. They did everything by foot. So according to Google Maps, by foot, that would have taken Adam at a minimum of 67 hours That's almost three entire days, nonstop, no sleeping, no eating, no going to the bathroom, (laughs) just straight walking that whole bottom edge of that garden. It would have taken him three days. That's how massive the garden was. And that other side of the rectangle, you know, the smaller side of it would have taken him 52 hours straight without stopping. That's just over two days. And ladies, that's just walking two sides of that rectangle. Just to walk the perimeter would have taken him at a minimum of 10 days. And that's not even going throughout the garden itself. So when we think of the Garden of Eden as something small, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil as something that he saw every day, it wasn't that way. He probably barely even saw that tree among all of the amazing trees that were in the garden. So it wasn't as tempting as we think it would have been. But in Genesis 3, verses 1 through 5, we see that the devil is crafty. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. You will be like God knowing good and evil. So we see here that the devil came in the form of a serpent and now he's working Eve and he's like, now God, he's just saying that you can't really trust what he has to say. And Eve turned around and was like, you know what? Maybe you're right. 
maybe there is something to this tree. And so verse six goes on to say, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened. They weren't opened to the difference between good and evil. They were opened to now sin coming into the earth. See, when God had that original conversation, he had that conversation with Adam. But did you know when the serpent was talking to Eve, Adam was right there too? He had to have been. Because it says in verse 6 that she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave some to her husband who was with her. So Adam was there during this conversation, and he knew that he was not supposed to eat of that fruit, but he chose to do so anyway. And when he made that choice, he brought all kinds of sin and all kinds of chaos into the world at that time. Romans 5.12 tells us that sin came into the world through Adam and death came through sin. So death was spread to all men because all have sinned. We are now born with that sin nature. There are a lot of things that are going on in this world today because of Adam's sin. One of them is when he chose to sin He basically bowed his knee to the devil and said, here you go. God had given me authority over this earth. Now I'm giving it over to you because he chose to trust Satan more than he trusted God. There is a real devil that is out there in the world today. John 10 10 tells us the thief or the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That is what he has taken on as his responsibility is to steal from us, to kill, and to destroy. So why do these things happen? It's because Adam, when he sinned, he gave the authority over to the devil. So the devil has the right to be here on this earth. And while he is here, he is stealing, killing, and destroying. So you ask, why doesn't God do something about it? Well, he did. That's why he sent Jesus to this earth. So that Jesus could take that sin once and for all. And when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we are now under God's authority again. We are now right with God again. That sin nature is no longer in us. Now we have God's nature on the inside of us. And yeah, we'll still see a mess and chaos in the world today because Jesus has not yet returned to come back and get us. And the reason why he's waiting is because God's desire more than anything is that all men be saved. He's telling us, daughter, I need you to go out into this world and tell people about me. Tell them how good I am. Tell them that there is hope, that they don't have to fall into this brokenness. They don't have to fall into this dark depression, that they can have hope today. 1 John 3, 8 tells us that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Yeah, there's a lot of craziness going on in this world right now because Adam gave his authority over to the devil. There's a lot of craziness going on, but you don't have to be a part of it. Isaiah 54, 17 tells us that no weapon that's formed against us shall prosper because you are a daughter of the Most High King because you gave your life to the Lord, because you made Jesus the Lord of your life. You don't have to bow down to the craziness and the chaos and the brokenness in this world. It does not have to be yours. So another reason that we see crazy things going on in this world today is because the world is under a curse. When Adam sinned, again, a curse was placed on this earth. Genesis three seventeen through 19 says, And to Adam, God said, 
Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. So there is a curse placed on this world and it's groaning. It wants to be free. And that's why we see things like tornadoes and earthquakes and hurricanes and different things like that. Because the earth wants to be free again. It does not want to be under the curse that was placed on it when Adam sinned. And the last thing we're going to talk about in this episode is we mess up. We sin. We make some bad choices. So you might ask, why did God give us a free will if he knew that we were going to make those bad decisions? The reason why God gave us free will is because God's desire more than anything else is for us to be a part of his family. And he could have designed us without free will to where we were people who said yes to everything, but we would essentially be robots. What is the point of that? There's no real relationship with that. If all we do is just say yes, 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 and we have no choice. God wanted a real relationship with us. He wanted it to be our choice. So that's why God gave us free will, even though he knew that we were going to make some bad decisions. So then that leads us to the next question. Well, if we're going to make bad decisions, why doesn't God stop us from making bad decisions? God doesn't stop us because God is a gentleman. He will never force us to do anything. Because if we did, again, it's like we didn't even have free will. So what's the point of giving us free will? Revelation 3.20 says, and this is talking about God. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. And he's saying, I'm not going to force my way through your door to force you to eat with me. I'm going to knock and I'm going to knock gently. And if you open the door, then yeah, I'll come in. But I'm not going to force my way in because I love you too much. I'm not going to take away your free will. You know, I look back on my family and for those of you who know my testimony, you know, I grew up in a family where my dad was very abusive. Did God place me in that family to teach me a lesson? Did he place me in that family to be stronger? No, God did place me in that family for a purpose, but guess what? God created my dad too. He created my dad to be an amazing father, but my dad chose the decisions that he chose. Do I blame God for that? No, that was my dad's choices. That wasn't God making him do that. That was my dad's choices. Yeah, God is powerful enough to stop that from happening, but then he is eroding our free will. I just praise God that he found me in that dark place and he brought me into his kingdom of light. I'm so thankful for that. Another decision that God does not step in and stop is the decision that somebody makes when they go to hell. People ask all the time, why does a loving God send people to hell? The answer is simple. He doesn't. Hell was never meant for people. Matthew 25, 41 tells us that hell was prepared for the devil and his demons. Yet why do people go there? They go there not because of their sins. They go there because, and you may have heard of the unforgivable sin. And people are like, have I made that choice? Have I done that sin? Am I I not going to heaven because I did that sin? Well, let me tell you what that one sin is. The only sin that sends people to hell, the only sin that sends people to hell is the sin of rejecting Jesus at the end of their life. They never received Jesus. They said, I don't want you. I can do this on my own. 
because God is perfect and he is just and he can only accept perfection in heaven and none of us are perfect. It doesn't matter how good we are. We can't get into heaven if we reject Jesus. But when we receive Jesus, guess what? Jesus gave us his perfection. And he says, here you go. You can use my perfection. Now you get to go into heaven. So that's why at the end of our life, if we reject Jesus, we go to hell. It's not God sending us there. It's our choice of rejecting Jesus. So let's ask this question again. God is a good God. Why do bad things happen? Because of Adam's sin in the garden, it opened the door to the devil having authority here on earth. It opened the door to the world being cursed. And because we have free will, we don't always make the best choices. Romans 6.23 says the payment of sin is death. That's why it's important to know that Jesus came to this earth. He walked a sinless life. He took our sins on the cross with him as he died on the cross. Then he rose from the dead and now he is alive today. Receive God's perfection. If you have not made Jesus the Lord of your life, I encourage you, today is your day. If you want to know more about how to make Jesus the Lord of your life, I want you to go to the Uncommon Teen app. You can download that at uncommonteenapp.com and click on the tab that says next steps. There is a video on there that I have recorded that talks to you about next steps that you can take to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Now, as we say every single week, I want you to repeat it after me. I am beautiful. I am valuable. My beauty and my value, they don't change. Even as someone fails to see how incredible God made me. All right, ladies, have a great week and we'll see you back here next time. Ladies, I hope that this episode helped you today. I hope that you know how incredibly loved by God that you really are. Repeat after me. I am beautiful. I am valuable. My beauty and my value, they don't change. Even if someone fails to see how incredible God made me. All right, ladies, I would love to personally invite you to join us this July 19th and 20th for Uncommon Teen Live 2024. Woohoo! Being a teen girl today is tough. Being a Christian teen girl today is even more challenging. But God has given you everything you need to not just survive this crazy world, but to soar. At this year's conference, we're going to be talking about how to become free from anything that is holding you back from being all that it is that God has created you to be. And for those of you who have not been to Uncommon Teen Live before, you get to be a part of our live Ask Me Anything session. Ladies, throughout the whole conference, I have a box set up where you can ask your questions. And then on Saturday, the second day of the conference, we set aside a special session just to answer as many questions as we possibly can. And ladies, I would love to invite you to be a part of our live podcast recording at the conference venue itself. Ladies, last year we tried this and I don't know what happened, but the recording disappeared. This year it's not happening. We are going to record live and in person at Uncommenting Live and I would love for you all to be a part of this episode. So if you have not gotten your tickets yet, head on over to Uncommenting Live, grab your tickets today. And real quick, I just want to say thank you to those of you who prayed for us about our venue. After a couple of venues fell through for Uncommenting Live, 
I knew that God was going to do something big. And he really was. He was working behind the scenes even when we didn't see it. We found a venue that is amazing. The owners are amazing. They love the heart behind Uncommon Teen. I'm so excited because there's something even better that I want to share with you, but I can't share with you yet. (laughs) So stay tuned because I've got some really awesome news about this conference that you're going to love. So I just want to say again, thank you so much for your prayers. Know that they are heard, that God listens to you, and I'm just excited. Continue to pray over this event. God is going to do something miraculous, and I am so excited to get to be a part of it. All right, ladies, have an amazing rest of your week, and we'll see you back here next time.